Hello and welcome to Green Grasses with Cameron and Carla. We are so thankful to have on our show today, Janet Anderson. Hi, Janet. Hi. Thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, Janet uh, is the wife of one of our pastors and has uh, the Lord has given her a long, full life full of many joys and some sorrows and has sustained her onto this day. So we're really looking forward to hearing from you. So just thank you so much for being here. Uh, I wanted, as we get started, to read from Titus 2, because when I think of someone who is older, an older woman coming here to talk to us who are not quite in that season yet, um, I think of Titus 2, which says that older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. And I, I think of how much I am not a young woman. I just... But how yes, much you are? I'm not. <laughs> um, but you're the youngest one in the room. Oh, <laughs> I should stay in this room forever. Um, but I, I just think of how much I have to learn still, and how much uh, I get to learn from older women by their life, by their example, by their successes, by their failures. Right? That's how we all learn in the body of Christ. So I'm just really grateful to have you here. Uh, and in light of that, we are going to do a get to know you question. That's right. And I can't remember what our get to know you question was. That's right. So we want to know if there was a woman that spoke to your life, whether formally or informally, and what that what that was like. Uh, should we start with Janet? Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. I'll go first. And then Janet, you go. And then Cameron will go. Okay. okay. So for me, there was a woman in, in my life back when, before I was married. Her name was Pam Bloomfield. Um, and she... She just took me under her wing, and she just let me kind of become a part of their family. And then God just knew how much I would need her because when the hardest time of my life, when my family fell apart, this is my parents, um, she was already in my life. And I just remember going to her like every Sunday, and I just hung out with her. I just mm -hmm. spent time with her. And then I started meeting with her formally. And then I lived with their family for a while. And so she was just in my life in just about every area. And she really walked me through probably one of the hardest times of my life. And unfortunately, God, well, unfortunately for me, God um, called her home to be um, after a, a long battle of cancer. Probably, oh gosh, it's probably been about 15 years now. Mm -hmm. So, but ever since she, I, I've never quite had another relationship like that where a woman spoke to my heart so closely. Mm -hmm. So it was, she was just a gift from the Lord at that time in my life. Yeah, man. Praise God. That's super yeah. encouraging. Yeah. Janet, what about you? Have you ever had a woman informally or formally speak into your life, either by example or with her words? I can think of several, but first off was my mom. She was not a Christian, but, oh, I loved her. And she was such a, an, um, an example of one who worked hard. I mean, she, she taught me a good work ethic. She loved to work and she loved to gather. We would go to the beach, uh, um, Long Beach, Long Beach, Washington for our summer vacation and go uh, razor clam digging. And she would be down there. She would be first and she would 
gather you have to drop onto your knees you know to get these these razor clams and you have to dig for them they 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 sense your presence by your footsteps and so you know they they're going down they're going down and the softer sand the faster they go so you have to dig fast to get them and she would she would harvest them and she just would not stop huckleberry picking she just picked all the huckleberries razor clam getting and huckleberry picking it's like (laughs) let me tell you this is not what we do in phoenix i'll tell you that (laughs) long beach washington (laughs) in washington yeah i grew up in washington but then there was another woman after i married who uh, was a christian and uh, she mentored me in her, um, she was a, a home ec major. She, in college, she was a home ec major. Well, you don't hear about those these days. But. <laughs> That's true. Unless yeah. you go to master's. But she was, okay, good. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but she was a wonderful example of a uh, hostess, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, she was a, a good friend, a good friend. We were really close. Those are sweet memories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I don't have anything to share regarding huckleberries, no. but clams. Uh, or or clams. And were they sharp? Why were they called? What were they? Razor? They are. They're probably about um, eight inches long, thin, and their shells, you know, are are sharp. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't have animals in my story. Are those animals? <laughs> yeah, they're in the animal kingdom. A, a, mollusk. a mollusk. A mollusk. Mollusk. Okay, good. This is, we're not a science podcast no. for those listening. I, but I do have, uh, I would say, familially speaking, I've been blessed to have a faithful mom and grandma. My grandma, man, she's just a woman. She's just a godly woman to this day. She, she shares the gospel with every waitress whenever, she lives in Tucson, but whenever they come up and we go out to eat, um, she would just always pray with us every night. My mom has just been a godly example to me my whole life. But after I got married and I started attending Grace Bible Church, well, that was before I got married, but there were just specific women who walked alongside of me and taught me how to be a godly mom mm-hmm. in, in a really biblically grounded way. And that, that would be Kim Maxwell. That would be Sarah Demarest. I don't really want to leave people out here because there are so many Um but in terms of people with whom I would just, they would just come over and fold laundry with me. And, and mm. while I had so many children, they just run all the time. And they, I heard this, I heard this joke the other day on the radio. It was so, it was like, um, it was like, Alexa, get me a magical unicorn or order me a magical unicorn. And she's like, she's like, I'm sorry, I cannot order you a magical unicorn. And she's like, Alexa, order me five minutes without interruptions to drink my drink, my, my cup of coffee. And Alexa's like, on second thought, what color magical unicorn would you like? <laughs> it's still good. It's still good even telling it the second time. So yes, I've had women walking alongside of me formally, informally for a long time. I still do. And Angstead, like I just still have so, I feel like I do have so many women at church every Sunday that well, I can go to. And now Janet is exactly. one of those women. Oh, is that? Well, that's what, what I was going to say. say. Is that Janet <laughs> is one of them. I mean, I've sat with you at baseball games as you watch your grandkids and how you love your grandkids, how you love your family and the conversations we've had just sitting watching uh, games have been such an encouragement to me. And every time I see you in the bleachers, I'm like, oh, good, Janet's here. I can talk to her. 
And I got to be in your Wellspring group, our women's ministry, and, and just hear you lead those ladies. And I saw you talking to my mom the other night forever yeah, by the fire. And I was the whole time I was like, I'm so happy my mom is talking to Janet Anderson. My mom is going to be so encouraged by that conversation. So we're just so thankful. You are such a blessing to us. You're a blessing to us. And I feel like you haven't. How long have you been at our church now? Seven years. What? That is a long time. That is a long time. Gosh. Okay. Well. Well. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get started, I'm going to go totally off topic for just a second because I just want to say that the Atlanta Braves won the World (laughs) Series. And I haven't talked about sports at all in this podcast, but I had to just for a second. So I was really happy about that win. And that's all. Is that your team? No, but they're in the National League. And so I usually root for the National League if they are – in the World Series, or if, like, anyone who beats the Astros, or anyone who beats the Yankees, or anyone who beats certain teams, I'll root for them, and Atlanta's one of them. <laughs> Awkward silence. It's okay. I just needed, I just, I needed a little sports second. I was really trying to think of, okay, what do I, how, how can I, what do I have to say about sports right now? And I could not think of a single thing. And that's okay. <laughs> that is okay. All right. So now, okay, we're going to go back into our topic, and uh, we've changed it up a little bit because she's going to tell us her story, but we're going to ask questions, and the testimony, her testimony, are we going to do her testimony first? Are we doing questions, and it's all interwoven? Is that part of your milestones? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to ask questions, and her, and Janet's testimony is just going to come out of it, and um, all the things that we usually use to introduce, things like that, is just going to be part of the podcast. So we're going to start with the very first question. Janet, can you summarize for us the major milestones that God has brought you through in your life? I would be happy to. (laughs) Um, Well, I was born in Portland, Oregon, and my parents moved to Goldendale, Washington, when I was just a toddler. And uh, we lived in town for about three years, and then we moved out to this farm. Um, was about three miles from the city limits. Goldendale was only uh, had three thousand people living, so it was a what, small what, town. What year were you born? Uh, nineteen forty-three. Okay, so you moved to Goldendale in nineteen. Uh, uh, probably nineteen forty-five, I would say. Oh, so you were yeah. little. I was little. Yeah, yeah, I was really little. <laughs> I could tell you stories, but that's a part of this. <laughs> oh, okay. But anyhow, we moved out to the farm. Um, my father owned a furniture store, and uh, the farm was a hobby farm for him. And it was a beautiful farm. It was in this valley. It had hills uh, on either side. Uh, it did have a major highway running through the valley. Uh, we Is lived that eastern it. Washington or western Washington? Uh, actually, it would be south central. Okay. It was just 30, about 30 miles, no, even less than that, probably about 15 miles um, on the Washington side of the Columbia River. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyhow, it was really pretty, and um, it had a creek running through it, and and uh, this, I loved it. I loved being outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember spring times, just when the sun, you know, starts to warm the earth, and laying out there on this pile of planks that my dad had for building a corral, and just laying there and soaking up the the sun and the warmth, and looking at the clouds and. 
and then going and playing in the uh, hayloft with the kittens that were being born and and uh, oh my goodness it's like it's like right out of a book there's know, literally a book called um, A Year on Maple Hill Farm. Oh, okay. And I literally used this book in homeschool because we live in Phoenix where we don't really have seasons very much. And yeah. I, so I used this book to teach my children what seasons look like in other places. <laughs> and there's literally, there's a hayloft with kids. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, your life is that book. You, it was like a farm. I bet there was snow. Was there snow sometimes? Yes, there was snow. Oh, see, yeah. My children, <laughs> I'm like, look, guys, I know it's just 90 degrees or we're 120, but other people have these things. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, well, don't get, don't get me off track. <laughs> Tell us okay, so many sorry. Major, major milestones. Major milestones. Okay. So I grew up there in town, um, went to all 12 years of school there, and uh, graduated with 70 other students. And they probably attended, you know, all those 12 years with me. And then we graduated and went our own ways. And I went off to uh, nursing school which was 70 miles away in Yakima, Washington. And it was, um, my, my parents were not Christians, but I am so thankful that they took us to church. They took us to Sunday school, dropped us off, went home, and came back and picked us up. They didn't attend with us. And so, and so you know, um, I don't think we even owned a Bible. So I didn't have any of that influence in my life. But then I did go off to this nursing school, which was a Catholic nursing school at St. Uh, yeah, Elizabeth's School of Nursing in Yakima, Washington. And the Catholic influence was very, very strong. But by that time, I know I was saved when I was 15. And this is really a strange um, testimony. Um, I had t friends, you know, teenagers, and we all went to a church. I don't think we heard the gospel there, but my friend invited me to go to a summer camp with her. And I asked my parents, my parents said, sure, you can go. And I don't think they knew anything about the summer camp, but it was a, a summer camp for a reorganized church of Latter-day Saints. Oh. And, um... I didn't know, but it was beautiful. It was in um, Western Washington, in the woods, you know, the forest there in Western Washington. It was beautiful. And I don't think my friend even was a, a, a cabin mate with me. I was kind of all alone. I was a stranger there, you know. And um, But the Lord was there. The Lord was there. And I just, I, um, I, I loved it. Uh, it was a beautiful time. It was a beautiful place. And I just, um, I, I know now, you know, that the Lord was just drawing me. And uh, one night, after we'd been there for, uh, for most of the week, I don't remember hearing anything, you know, that would have caused me, caused my heart to be drawn to the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. But one night, um, we were encouraged by my cabin counselor to kneel and pray and there was no guidance it was just a personal prayer and i i the lord just opened my heart to realize that he had died on the cross for my sins because he loved me and it was out of his love for me that he took my sins and died for them 
And I don't know for sure where I heard this, uh, um, if it was at a vacation Bible school when I was a, taught, a young person, really young person or what, but the Lord used it and he used it in my heart and he changed my heart. He, I, um, up till then, I was really kind of a shy and timid person, uh, uh, fearful of man. I wanted to please my mom and dad and I, I, um, they were my God. I realize now they were my God and they, I wanted to please them, but the Lord loved me so much that he died on the cross for me. And so from then on, I had no fear of man. It didn't matter what man thought of me, you know, I wanted, the Lord loved me and I went on with that. And, um, so then when I went on to the nursing school, the Catholic nursing school, the Catholic influence was really great. My roommate became a Catholic, and some, most everybody, you know, most of the students became Catholics. One even, one of my good friends even became a nun, went into the convent, and she was a twin sister. <laughs> oh, and her twin sister did become a Catholic, but never went into the convent. But anyhow, but the Lord kept me from that, even though it was during the years, it was, see, that would be 1961, 62, 63, back in the time of the Cuban crisis, mm -hmm. when there was a fear of uh, the nuclear bomb. The Cuban Missile Crisis? It is. Yes. What is it? The Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, the yeah. Cuban Missile Crisis, yeah. yeah. Now, before we go on in politics, because I could open that up a oh, little oh, bit oh, more. Oh. Um, <laughs> what, um, since the time that you got saved, what uh -huh. was the church involvement for you? From that time to like oh. nursing school and through nursing school, like, yeah. were you going to the Catholic Church? No, 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 no. No, <laughs> I was 15. I was 15 when, you know, I didn't even know anything about salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know I was saved. But when, when I was, it was 15 when I experienced that. And I played the organ in the church that I was attending. And uh, I come to Alone With You to Meet You in the Garden. That was my favorite song. And my mom signed me up to play the piano for the um, Christian Science Church because they needed wow. a pianist. You were all over the place this with the Latter-day Latter Saints, Saints, Christian Science. Yeah. Wow. Catholicism. So I, it was just the Lord mm -hmm. who yeah. kept me. That just he kept me yeah. from all the false so much. error yeah. doctrine. Yeah, that's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. it is. I just give him all the glory. Yeah. So we're he, at nursing school. Yeah, we're at nursing school. And uh, I went there for three years. It was a three-year nursing program. Graduated and did well, did fine. Uh, but went on to the University of Washington to get my Bachelor of Science. And um <clears throat> I was exposed to the world there at the University of Washington, and I must say I was not walking a righteous life at all, but the Lord continued with me. I had been saved. I was one of his, and he continued with me, and I, I graduated from there, went home, back home to Goldendale, Washington, um, passed my uh, test. I was an RN. I was given a job in uh, the county hospital as a charge nurse. And so I was working there when I met my first husband. Mm -hmm. He was home for the summer. 
three months. He was he was he was coming from um, a technical school in Arkansas, and he was working for his dad, who was they were re- relocating a railroad on the Columbia River because they're putting in a dam, and so his dad was the project manager of this relocation of a railroad on the Columbia River, and so he had his sons come home to work and and raise some money. And so my husband had been there for a month and a half when he uh, wanted to, to go out. He wanted to date somebody. And his mom and dad had talked to my mom and dad at the furniture store. Mm. And so they knew that, you know, they had a, a son and a daughter the same age. It was like an arranged date, you know? It was. It was a blind date. An arranged date. The he Lord. Was blind? You hadn't seen him before you went on the date? I had never seen him. No, it was a blind. It was, it was an arranged a blind, blind date. It was a, like, an hey, arranged... I've got a son. You've got a daughter. We work at a furniture store. Let's get them together. And that ended up being your husband. That was my husband. Wow. We dated for a month and he proposed. After a month? And were you sure? Like when you said, did you say yes? I did. I did. Were you sure? I was sure. Oh. I loved him. He he oh. was... I. I I hated to leave him. I he he was so much fun, and we had so much in common. He he immediately was my best friend. Yeah, that's so sweet. When, how long after that did you get married? Uh, it would have been ten months because he was going off to chiropractic school. My mom and dad didn't know anything about chiropractors. Now if I he, still don't. Yeah, either do I. Let me tell you. No. <laughs> Another time. <laughs> but if he had been going off to school to be a veterinarian, they would have said, oh, it's good. It's good. But no. Chiropractic. Oh. Was it kind of like out there? Yeah. Like new agey stuff? Uh, well, like, they only knew of one chiropractor in Goldendale. And he was old. He was probably in his 80s. I never saw him. But, you know, they just didn't know anything about yeah. chiropractic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. They just couldn't let their daughter marry a chiropractor. It's a different kind of science. It's a soft science. No, it's not. <laughs> Is it a science? I don't know enough about chiropractic. I've already said more than I know about chiropractic. You need to stop right <laughs> so, now. <laughs> so, okay. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so he goes off to chiropractic school. <laughs> and you are still in Goldendale. And I am Goldendale because my mother and father had signed me up for a program, a nine-month course um, St. Elizabeth Hospital in Portland, Oregon, same hospital that I was born in, uh, in Portland, Oregon, to be trained. They were accepting RNs, and I was accepted, RNs to be trained in open-heart surgical nursing. Wow. Because there was a doctor, Dr. Shar, who had designed and patented the mitral valve. And so they were doing, you know. For all you nurses out there, I'm sure you know what that is. Yeah, Okay. I, I will do. explain I that, that at another time. Another time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, so I went to the nine-month program. My husband-to-be, my fiancé, went off to L.A. to chiropractic college. So we were separated by many miles. Los Angeles is where all the chiropractics go. <laughs> Must be. Okay. And then you... And then, Sorry, we keep getting you off track. I'm going to let you now? go. I'm not going to interrupt you anymore. <laughs> So anyhow, after his first year in chiropractic college and my nine month finishing the course, our courtship was over the phone. We had huge, you know, back then, mm-hmm. phone $100 does. 
phone bills. He had a $100 phone bill. I had a $100 phone bill. And it was worth every penny. It was. It was. Mm -hmm. I would recommend it to anybody who is engaged and thinking of marrying because you learn how to communicate, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, he was a great communicator. He just, when he communicated, he painted a picture with his words. And so it was good. But anyhow, then we married, and we, three months in Goldendale on our honeymoon, I could say, because we lived in a, a long trailer that was parked out in the middle of a wheat field, and and uh, we had those three months, and just to ourselves, and then we went off to chiropractic college down in L.A., mm-hmm. and he was not a Christian. I did not know I was a Christian. I did not know I was not to marry mm. somebody of unlike mm-hmm. yeah. you know yeah. beliefs and spirit yeah. and I didn't know that I was filled with I didn't know that the spirit was within me uh, I didn't know that at salvation you know this is what the Lord gives you his own Holy Spirit you know to live within you I didn't know that I didn't know any of that so we went off to chiropractic college and I got a job as a, a nurse in a in a hospital in the OR it was a good place to be because then I had the weekends off unless I was on call. And if I was on call, then that meant more money. So we lived from paycheck to paycheck. We were poor folks, you know, poor students and poor folks. And, and But we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun doing inexpensive things, you know, and just having a lot of fun being together. And he graduated, and he, took a, he opened a, a practice down in San Diego, California, and so in San Diego, this was now, this was, well, there was a year of sabbatical away from chiropractic college where he was during um, Vietnam War. And so they activated the draft. And he was called up to be drafted. And uh, this was a year after we married. And I know there are some other men in our church, you know, that were drafted at the same time. And, um, but at the same time that he was called up for the draft, they also opened up the National Guard. And so <clears throat> you had to be accepted, you know, either, in either one. And so the physical for the, the draft was one day, and the following day was a physical for the National Guard. Well, he went down for the physical for the, the draft for the Army. He didn't pass it. Because he was a little overweight. So they didn't accept him. So the next day he went down. We, we decided together, you know, that he should go ahead and, and go down and take the National Guard physical. Because it wasn't a good thing for him to be overweight, you know. And so if he lost weight, go to the National good. Guard and get in shape. <laughs> but, yeah. But, anyhow, um, so... Then he, you know, he, and he passed. He passed the National Guard physical. So then he was in the National Guard for six years. And then was he a chiropractor for the National Guard? or was No, it no, just... no. That was while he was in school. So oh, it was a okay. year away from schooling. Okay. And how long were you married total? To him? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, that was 20, 23 years. 23 years. So yeah. so just for the sake of time, yeah. just so walk us through the major milestones from that point okay. until today. Good. 
good. Well, there were establishments of practices for him. You know, I was his wife. So I was involved in all of that, you know, all of it. And, um, but we wanted a family, but the family didn't come for five years, which is the Lord's timing. His timing is perfect. You know, when you think, okay, all those years of schooling and stuff, you know, and, and it would have been so much harder for my husband if he had, if the family had started. So we saw it really as a, from the Lord, his blessing, his perfect timing. So when the family did start, it was then that the Lord just impressed upon my heart that I had to teach this child about God, about God who died on the cross for my sins. And so I started going to church. Hmm. I went to the church that I had not heard the gospel in because it was close to the house and my husband wasn't going with me and I was taking the baby. And so I was going, but people met me and they probably realized I needed help mm -hmm. in learning the Bible, what the Bible said. I did not hear it at that church. But these people called me and invited me to Bible studies. And I just, I just ate it up. I started. Bible study fellowship was really instrumental in my uh, growth in the knowledge of the word. My knowledge of Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. And so I was growing, and I would go home to my husband, who was not a Christian, and say, oh, look what I heard. Well, look what I learned and stuff, you know, and leave my Bible open to special passages and stuff. And, and the Lord, in his grace, saved my husband. Hmm. Yeah. Partly due to one of the men, uh, his wife, he and his wife were our mentors, Ernie Schroeder and his wife. And uh, Ernie started teaching us the Bible. He'd come to our house once a week, every week. A faithful man. He did that until he passed. And that was after my husband passed. Wow. And uh, he was the one who invited us to go to Grace mm -hmm. um, Community, Community Church. And out, out in L.A. Yeah, in L.A., yeah. This is all in L.A. We really didn't want to raise our family in L.A., but after my husband graduated and everything. Sometimes um, you end up where places you don't think you're going to end up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned that he passed away. Yes, he is passed that away. the next major milestone in your life? The next major milestone was, yes, he passed. There was a lot happened, of course, you yeah. know, during that time. But... um when, when we were first told that he had metastatic terminal cancer, that was 10 years after the cancer had per first been diagnosed in his kidney. Wow. So the Lord didn't take him then. That was in the early 80s when that cancer was first found. How old were your kids? At that time, in the 80s, early 80s, our youngest was 10. Because we went on a, a wonderful vacation to Alaska, and I remember baking his birthday cake over the campfire, his 10-year-old mm -hmm. birthday cake, decorating it with uh, toothpicks, saying happy birthday. <laughs> but And so the Lord gave my husband 10 years before the terminal diagnosis, so he was able to raise his children. That's kind. That's very kind. So kind. Mm -hmm. So kind. And so, and then uh, four years 
of the cancer just to take hold of his body mm -hmm. before he died. And, and in a way, that was a grace, too, because um, for all of my children, you know, and for him, too, then his, his salvation, his testimony became very strong and very sure. And where he had been hesitant in sharing the gospel with his friends, his close friends, time was short. Mm -hmm. And so he was really persevered in that. And he shared boldly, you know, the gospel. And several of them, praise the Lord, a couple of his very best friends came to the Lord in salvation during that time. Wow. So it's just That's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just so we get all of your story in. Yeah. In the time we have. Okay. So he passed away. Yeah. And then, I mean, because I know you, I know you remarried. I am. So in, tell us a little bit about the time in between when you were a widow. Okay. And how much, how much time passed before you remarried? All right. So. Well, when my husband was given that diagnosis of terminal cancer, we realized that when we didn't know how long it would be, you know, that he'd be able to care for the family. So um, we enjoyed maybe hmm, three months of, like, say, retirement, where he didn't have to work, but that didn't last too long, and so he really had to go back to work. But I'm so thankful that I had 10 years of working with him in his chiropractic office. And that, again, is God's grace. You know, I had those 10 wonderful years. People would ask me, well, how can you, how can you do this? You know, be with your husband for 24 hours? It was a joy. It was just a joy. And I'm so thankful for that, you know. I mean, those are those, that we experience those retirement years that we all look forward to, you know, with our mates. But we didn't get to enjoy that. But mm -hmm. we enjoyed those 10 years. But anyhow, so he passed. And then I had... Well, with the Lord's help, I got a, a, a job. Mm -hmm. I had not been working until then. So I went applying as for a nursing position. But that was 23 years after being working as a nurse. I, a lot of changes had taken place. And so I had no idea, you know, what to expect. But I figured that would probably be the best paying place mm -hmm. to go. And so I went applying, and of course I didn't wasn't accepted or anything, you know. And and it was getting down close. We lost our home to foreclosure. We had to declare bankruptcy. And this is this is just you and the kids. This is before my husband is dead. Oh. This is the four years of him declining. Okay, so he's no longer able to provide. He's, he's no, no longer, longer able, able to provide. Yeah. And so you're trying to go out and provide both for your husband and your kids at this yeah. point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but the Lord did. He provided for us. I was thinking, there were times where I thought, well, even if we, if we, even if we become out on the street, you know, with our grocery cart, with whatever belongings we still have, the Lord would be there, and He would take care of us, and He would provide for us, because we, our, our, our um, credit was so poor, people didn't even want to rent to us, you know. But the Lord provided there, too. But <clears throat> he's provided so much. I have so much to be thankful for. But then, okay, so my so I have, I am employed when my husband actually passes. Okay. I'm employed, and there's a life insurance. And so with that life insurance, um, prayerfully, and then I had my friends, my dear friends, the ones that had mentored us, 
they were in real estate. <laughs> and so they really helped me find some property to buy. And I bought a condo because my youngest son and my daughter were still living with me. They were not married yet. And so they were living with me and they had little businesses. And so we needed a fairly large place. And so I bought this condo and they lived with me. And um, then they both married. And so here I am in this huge condo all by myself. And so I invited my daughter and her husband. Their family had started. I invited them to come live with me because I had all this room. And um, and they were living in a little studio apartment. And so <clears throat> they came and lived with me. And I think that was how many years? One, two. I saw, I, I saw three babies born. <laughs> and then... And, and I was thinking, I was praying, Lord, I think it's time for me to move out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was not looking for a husband. You know, I was perfectly content. Yeah. And, so, and then here comes Ashley. And here comes Ashley. <laughs> so, so how much time had passed before you met Ashley? Six years. Since your well, husband passed away? Five and a half years, I'd say. Five. So your husband passed away, then five and a half years later, you met Ashley Anderson. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Five and a half years later. Yeah. And the Lord just, and the, again, that was a blind date. <laughs> what? How yes. old were you on that blind date? Uh, 62, I believe. It's a 62 blind date. That's great. Two for two on the blind dates. Did, your, did both of your parents set it up again? <laughs> no. Did your kids set it up that time? Yeah. Who set up a blind date for you? No, they didn't. Oh, it was April Anderson's mother. Mm -hmm. She, I, she knew me, and of course she knew Ashley, because Ashley is Jonathan Anderson's father. And so she knew him, and she knew how his wife had passed due to cancer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she had known me for some time, because April and my youngest son were good friends, good surfing friends and such. And so she knew the situation there for both of us. And so she recommended me to Ashley. Recommended. <laughs> And then how long after you met Ashley did you guys get married? Six months. Oh, two quick ones. <laughs> wow. It does not take long for you to make up your mind. <laughs> You're getting I'm a little shy. She's in. She's all in. Yep. So, it, I mean, I, I've just been so encouraged by this story. It's like I, 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 I've wanted to say things a couple of times. That's just self-control whenever I'm not talking, I think. But... Um, but it's good because other people have better things to say. But I was so impressed by even just that man, Ernie, that, that used to come over and the investment that he just spent and in, in su su such consistency in the lives of both you and your husband to eventually lead him to Christ, right? And, and have that role. Just, just, mm -hmm. just encouraged by that consistency of that man that I will never meet. And then also the fact that you've been through a season married to an unbeliever, and then God was kind and gracious. It's like you have lived First Peter 3 in that way of just not, you know, just staying staying with an unbelieving husband and, and, and telling him what you're reading and, and learning at BSF, you know, and, and just the Lord being pleased to use you and other means probably to draw him to himself, you know. And then as a widow and providing for your family when you needed to provide for your family and just the perseverance. I, I, I'm wondering now what... What, what do you think you have, looking back on, on all that the Lord has brought you through, what is maybe the greatest lesson you've learned about the Lord or just mm -hmm. how we depend on him or as, as you're even alive right now, what you're thinking? You know, 
as I was thinking this morning, um, like you all, you know, you, you've had relationships, dear relationships. We've talked about people that have mentored us and how special they were to you and all. And uh, all of us, you know, we are a relational people. And these relationships are necessary. But when we, human relationships are just so temporary. And what I've come to realize throughout my life, there's no better relationship than the relationship that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's eternal. And he, he's your, the perfect. Because I was a widow at one time, he was the perfect mate to me at that time. And he is always the perfect mate. I'll say that, you know. We are, someday I will see him. I'll be standing before him. And I will be his bride. I'll be one of them that are part of his bride. And, and he has been my faithful friend all of these years. Even when I didn't know it, he was there. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's promised to never leave me or forsake me, no matter what my trials are. My husband passed. He went to be with the Lord. But the Lord just kept me. And I don't know for how long. But he continues to bless me day by day, hour by hour. And um, he's given me, I can remember those five years where we didn't have children. My prayer was, oh, Lord, I so wanted children. I have 18 grandchildren now. And I have three of my own, two that I am stepmom to, and they're my children. I have five children, 18 grandchildren, and I love them all dearly. I love them as they were my own. But I'm just a woman. I'm just a human. And I'm not going to live forever. And so my prayer is that they will come, my children, my grandchildren. I praise the Lord that all of my children know the Lord and are walking with him. And that's just the Lord. I didn't save them. I had nothing to do with it. But the Lord did it. And um, they're walking with the Lord, and my prayer is that my grandchildren will come to know him and stuff, and they will have that eternal relationship that I've, I'm, I've enjoyed, I've been blessed by, and I've been cared for by, and uh, someday I'll be with him. Hmm. Janet, we can talk to you all day. We really could. But <laughs> we're, we're going to need to wrap it up. And so I seriously could keep going forever and ever with you. I am so encouraged just by just by you saying he's just a faithful friend. You know, he's a faithful friend that walks with us through seasons of plenty and seasons of, of, of not much, right? Never to leave you. But we never have nothing. We just never, no matter what we lose, right. if we have Christ, we still have everything. And that that is a truth that you just see proved more and more every day, the longer mm-hmm. that, that you live, you know, and walk mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. Yeah, so... I think it's time for us to wrap it up. Thank you, Janet, for coming. Um, and so we want to, I'm still thinking about your story, so I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little distracted just thinking about your life. But anyway, so we, so as you go about your week, we want to remind you of what is eternal. And so we'll leave you with Isaiah 48. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Thank you for listening.